Ooh, that is one handsome mofo with the flames, the profile, everything, you know. It's uh it's no wonder, young Jared, that the Tim Moen show was voted the number one gay podcast of twenty twenty four. That's right, folks. I mean, number I like one. I like to take some I like to take some of the credit. Oh, you definitely gated up. It happened after you joined the show. A hundred percent. Yeah, you Gated 2024, 2024, lot. young Jared's coming up all game. Let gay, me just see if I can time. pull this up here because uh, <laughs> we're drinking we're, Bud Light. Bud Light's back. Bud Light's back. Gay's podcast. In that's right. Here it is. I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to share this with you. I got an email from someone congratulating me on this. I, I didn't know whether <laughs> it was a goof at first or what. But it is a good goof. <laughs> it's it's the real deal and uh i've been racking my brain trying to figure out what it is that the gay community loves about my podcast um i, mean, I was kind of i was kind of could it be as simple as young jared could it be as simple as you know or a couple yeah. of beefcakes <laughs> i don't know but uh, here it is i was kind of wondering about that too because like i want wonder what the voting criteria is Three best Bay, three best Canada gay podcasts. Number what one, really, Tim Mojo. Really now now look, is, fair, is look, yeah, look who I beat out. I beat out <laughs> gay men going deeper, <laughs> and the Rainbow Nation podcast. I'm gayer than gay men going gayer. deeper. I do not. I think it's because of how straight we are. You know, we should collaborate. We should have a collaborate episode. We should reach out. Well, I mean, you know, I did run on I want gay married couples to be able to protect their marijuana plants with guns. So there's that. The first video promotion I, I had done for me was this uh, older lesbian couple that lived out in rural Alberta talking about how they need guns to shoot moose. And so they're voting oh, for there Moen. You there you go. So a couple of good votes you know, I've right always, there. I've always, uh, you know. Well, it just yeah, really I, opens up the demographic that we get. To well, hit, I right? had no idea, audience, that you were, you were, I mean, I, I accept you. Uh, I just, I didn't expect my audience to be so gay. Hey, welcome. Honestly, welcome. I'm, I'm surprised by you, audience. And uh, thank you for watching the show and make sure you hit subscribe and click that bell button, I guess. You More of the merrier. If there's I, anything I, I, you need covered, but, we'll cover but it. But now the thing is, I don't know what to do. Like, do we try to hit? gay topics like i've been talking mostly about how much i don't dislike government and stuff like that i guess maybe that's what they like about the show maybe yeah i mean yeah. i think probably they like the content for the content so it's just keep right the train rocking right okay we'll just keep the train rocking i'll try not to let it go train to my rock. head uh that's my promise to you oh i've been letting audience. everybody know like oh. do you guys do you guys know do you guys oh i've know definitely been using it uh how welcome know, increase how my street cred out there how lucky you are to be sitting face to face <laughs> with the co-host yeah. of the gayest podcast in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, there you go. Oh man, what a day. What a day. This is my I'll 15 minutes, oh, I tell you. I was I was out, I was walking my dog today, take him to the dog park. And I have this group of old guys that I meet up with regularly, go to the dog park. But I need some advice here because I don't know if I'm a bad person or I don't know. I don't know how to think about this, but there's one guy in the pack and these guys, these are, they're sweet old guys, right? They're in their eighties. I mean, they have kids older than me, right? 
and uh we've been walking our dog but the one guy you could you could record what he's saying and just press play over and over like it's so predictable you know exactly what he's going to say what he's going to say it he says the same thing about dog poop about socializing dog about they're friendly like i could go through there's about 20 phrases that he uses and like that's all our conversations are ever is just him on repeat saying these same things over and over again and um i have negative judgments about it and i don't know how to feel about that because he's a likable guy i should like him i should be I don't want to have these negative judgments. I don't, I don't want to think, but it, it's just like you I can replace it, him with a, with a very simple robot. You know what I mean? I he think you like gotta give, definition of a non-player slack. character. What's what's that? Sorry. You gotta go cut him some slack. I mean, yeah. I think there's an old, like there's an old pass there, like an old card. Uh, well, for sure there is. And now I need my, the advice I need from you is how do I, how do I not <laughs> let this irritate me? Cause it affects me enough that I don't take the dog, to the dog park <laughs> because i i want to avoid you drive 20 minutes to go to a different one he's mean or anything like that it's just like uh, spending an hour there and listening to him and you know I'm, i mean it kind of can't have a conversation with him and, like he'll ask you a question and you'll answer it and then he'll totally ignore your answer or talk about there's a dog pooing over there right and it's like <laughs> why why am i ha- like i'm just here to is it clinical? Is it clinical? No, it's that- not. He's just he's just a very extroverted old guy, stuck in his ways, has been doing it like he, he's he's a creature of routine. This is what I imagine a person who does the exact same thing over and over each day for 20 years comes to be. And and Jared, I don't <laughs> want to become this person. I don't want to be one of these people. I, 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 it scares me. It scares me. And it scares me also to think that maybe I am one of these people already. I'm just more complicated. Like instead of just saying the same tw- 20 phrases over and over again, I'm saying the same 200 phrases over and over again and talking about the same shit and just on repeat and just playing out some kind of programming that I'm not in control of. Maybe I'm just part of one giant simulation. Well, I notice already, like I notice I say the same things quite a bit. Like I'll talk whenever I'm saying something and then I have to like, like wrap it up. I'll say anyways, right. Or like anyways, anyways. And I know that and I like try to get rid of it. And I think as you age, you just like get more of those things going. And maybe this guy, or maybe you stop to care care less about those things, right? Like you're self-aware of them. Maybe it's just like, ah fuck it, whatever. I'm, I am who I am now at this point. I'm not, anyways, not going to try to improve or try to change myself. But here's the other thing too. I've noticed that he's one of the most happy people, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely happier than your boy here. I'm Living always his life. fuming about something or got something festering on my mind. I woke up and looked at social media and have a rant in my brain about what Justin <laughs> Trudeau just did. But old Bob, he's just talking about dog poop. Oh, they're socializing. Look at that. They're friendly dogs. Don't worry. You know? <laughs> uh there's uh so my dad uh, i don't know if he listens or not or i tell him to but i'm sure he doesn't uh he used to oh there he goes he's pooping there he goes he's pooping see that's what it's like jared you were just in the middle of telling me something engaging and important that you found interesting i interrupted you to talk about the dog pooping i mean i've got i don't know i got nothing this is so (laughs) so anyways uh this uh he used to we used to drive around like my dad 
what he does for work. He drives around a lot and he'd bring us to work with him or he'd bring me to work with him. And uh, he'd talk on the phone to his old his old horse pal, Cecil. So my dad loves horses. Oh. Cecil loves horses. But Cecil was retired. Cecil had nobody to talk to about horses. So he'd just call my dad and then he'd talk for hours and hours and hours just about horses and what or what whatever it is right and then my dad at the time would be like yeah so this is what i do like cecil wants somebody to talk to i humor him i just talk to him because i'm not doing shit anyways right right but he'd play jokes like he'd go out get out of the truck to check something and he'd put him on mute and right. then he'd, he'd like laugh he'd be like ah. and then he'd come back in <laughs> turn it off mute and he'd just be like yep and then he put him back on me, go back out, keep doing his thing. That's and like awesome. late, lately, he's getting lonely at home too with none of the kids at home. So he's like with the grandkids a lot. But right. I kind of do the same thing. Like I'll call him when I'm driving somewhere just so that he just like talks. And it's basically like listening to a podcast. Awesome. And it's like you've become the very thing that you swore to destroy. Like but here's, talking. here's, here's the, the, here is an interesting, um, use for ai right like you could create a mm -hmm. simple ai avatar young jared who oh cecil's calling mm -hmm. redirect to your ai and have your ai notify you when you need to step in right kind of <laughs> like a driverless car right yeah. yeah it notifies you when we're leaving the highway so you can say your goodbyes and whatever but it frees <laughs> you up to do all sorts of other things while you're talking to cecil and cecil's happy you're happy because you're doing something else other than listening to cecil yeah. And, you know, you've done your good deed for the day. I don't know. Is that unethical? I mean, audience, I, let me know. Is that unethical to have an AI to carry on your conversations for you so you don't have to do them so you can do other things? I mean, if at, if like at the cost of what, right? Like if yeah. what you're doing is you're giving a guy who needs somebody to talk to somebody to talk to. Right. I mean, he, he doesn't have like, he, I'm sure he has access, but he doesn't really know how to access the same sort of entertainment that we access right like right. we know we can fire up a podcast maybe get him on a podcast maybe you'll get passionate about something other than dog poop right see, see what he's into give him a podcast to listen to and then start talking to him about the podcast there you go that's well he would never you know no you know he would not get him on he, it, he, eh? you would have to <clears throat> try to you know i mean his he's got a regimented day that has no time for podcasts Ah, uh, yeah. Think, gotta go you know, watch. The wife's got to go to bingo. He's got to talk about bingo with her. And I mean, when do you when what do you fit in podcasts? And then there's crib crib tournaments. True, and, I forgot about you know. the crib. Yeah, yeah. No, I take it back. Yeah. Take anyways, back. uh, you know what? And now I'm getting self conscious that I'm losing our gay audience, and uh, <laughs> we got to move on. So here's something for you. Speaking of being the number one gay podcast in Canada, let's move on to our number one story, which is. Trudeau comes to town. Trudeau <laughs> came to Edmonton. And um, yeah, I mean, he he came here. He he didn't talk to uh, the premier. Uh, I don't even know if the premier knew he was coming. Uh, but he came <coughs> here to do, I think, a fundraiser. He went on Ryan Jesperson's show. Mm -hmm. um, we should have had him on. Yeah. I don't know why he he didn't reach out to the Tim Moen show. Um, Your ex-rival, arch nemesis. Yeah. But uh, okay, let's let's look at this uh, video here. This is Trudeau confirming that he's going to run in the next election. Are you a hundred percent convinced 
that you're going to lead this party into the next election? The challenge of the next election is going to be definitional in terms of what kind of country we are, which direction we want to go in. Do we stay anchored in science? Do we stay anchored in building for the long term? Anchored in science. Okay. Uh, where was the science behind locking down the economy, issuing CERB checks, making mandates? What, what, what science did you have? You had nothing. You had Some nothing. Where's the, well, by the way, where's the science behind government even being a legitimate institution? I mean, I would accept an fMRI scan of the brain of a politician once he's elected into an office, growing an extra frontal lobe uh, in his brain bestowing them with extra rights that you and I don't have as evidence that government is a legitimate institution. But you have no evidence of this. The science does not support government at all. There's no evidence to support government is even real. There's a lot of evidence to support people think government's real because we got these guys who claim to be government acting like they can point guns at us and take our money from us and call it taxes. But and there's no evidence that that they're acting on behalf of anything that's real. I wonder. I wonder how many fuck Trudeau stickers he saw. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, you know what, my. Uh, I, I I would bet on that. I want to bet on the over under of how many fuck Trudeau stickers he my, saw in some jackass. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I'm I'm not a big fan of these things. In fact, my daughter, one of my daughters, got me fuck Trudeau hot sauce for Christmas. It's <laughs> <laughs> a stocking stuffer, and. Uh, you know, I, I thanked her for it, but I, it's not really my cup of tea. It's like you're allowed. I, I, you're allowed to find something funny and not agree well, with it. I know. I I I just don't. I don't find it that funny, to be honest. I don't know why. I I don't find the stickers funny. I like the concept of the stickers is funny. You know, it's right. like some some hick with a yeah. Cummins or whatever yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, Buck Trudeau, <laughs> I'm gonna put this sticker yeah. on my truck because I'm cool. What's next? Yeah. I mean, you know what flag? would be funnier? It would be show us your tits, Trudeau, and just people <laughs> yelling, show us your tits every time he appeared in an audience. That would be funny. It would be crass, see... but it would actually be funny because it'd be some witty to him. But just fuck I want to see it's rednecks just... with ironic humor, you know, like they. I want to see them with the ironic humor. So they'd be like, I'm right. going to fly a pride flag, pride flag instead of this Confederate flag just to make a joke on the social commentary. I want to see those rednecks, you know? Right, right. Or flying a, uh, a flag that's a pride flag that says, uh, fuck Trudeau on it. That would be funny. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I would host that guy every yeah. day of the week. And that's why we're Canada's number one gay podcast. <laughs> All right, let's continue. Term, do we make sure we're protecting vulnerable people and give them opportunities to contribute? Or... Do we give in to the easy populism, anger, and division that is so running rampant in every society Get into it, please. That question, that core choice about who we are as Canadians is so fundamentally important that I could not be the person I am and choose to step away from so this he, fight right now so when important. it is so important, so important. Just, just because it's man. getting a little difficult or people are 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 you know wondering if 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 they're they're not tired of me or whatever. You know what? Let's talk about the issues. Let's talk about the things that actually matter and let's deliver them for people. And I like I like that conversation that needs to be had when the next election comes about the kind of country we're going to be. And yes, I will absolutely be part of it. Oh boy. So did he just say that he wasn't going to give in to populism because uh it's too important for him? I don't like did he just admit that he's like trying to dictate us? 
I'm not going to give yeah, in yeah. to what well, the people I mean, want. He, he's <laughs> that, that's right. Well, I mean, look, populism um, is you know, you're somewhat a normie, so I'll explain what populism is. Yeah, hit me with Pop it. Populism, you would think, means what's popular, but what it actually means historically is uh, people who are anti-establishment. So there's left-wing and right-wing populism. So, you know, the, the biggest populist movement right now is by far right-wing populism, um, and that's like MAGA movement. But in the past, it's been the left-wing that's been more populist and against the establishment. But right now, it seems like the right is more anti-establishment than the left. The left, I mean, the establishment is basically left. So that they've got the establishment. So the populism is, um, is you know, kind of the undercurrent right now. Now, I, I don't know if you remember in the 90s, we had the Reform Party. That was a populist party. They kind of rode a wave of populism, gained support, and... Um, that's how they came into fruition. People's Party of Canada is kind of riding that wave of populism right now. And um, Pierre Poliver, or whatever his name is, I can't pronounce it, he's kind of adopting some populist message, right? For example, he just recently said that uh, he believes that women's spaces should not be for biological men. And so the left-wing uh, media is all a tizzy about that. But of course, you know, the conservatives are a little bit behind on the populism because they let other people like the People's Party and Daniel Smith kind of pave the way for them there. Um, that's populism. It's just anti-establishment. So it's anti-vaxxers. It's pushing back against mandates. It's so so it's easy to characterize the populace as kind of dim-witted anti-science people. Um, and that's what Trudeau does. How but can of you course, say that? All the non-Trudeau guys listen to Joe Rogan. They're all about science. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Well, but he he would characterize Rogan as a populist too, right? I mean, he's got populist scientists on like Robert Malone, who's has a heterodox view of the establishment science that's out there, right? He's got a different different opinion. Got to go against the grain. Yeah, it goes against the grain. So, so Trudeau, and if you listen to his interview with Ryan Jesperson, it's very telling because he. He promotes, for example, the mainstream media. He says that there needs to be, you know, need to make the media mainstream again, essentially, that CBC and CTV and Global, these are the, these, this is where Canadians should be getting their news from, not from the Joe Rogans and the Tim Moen shows and the whatever, right? Because, um, and it's dividing Canada, blah, blah, blah. Of course, the populist side of things is, Trudeau, you're the one dividing Canada. You're the one that's telling us that we're worthless, that the thing we produce, the oil, the gas, the, you know, the hard work, uh, you're against everything we stand for. You're trying to run our lives. You're imposing mandates on us, uh, vaccine passports and, and all this stuff. Like you've declared war on us. And so this is a reaction to that. Um, but Trudeau thinks he's the savior of Canada. Uh, there's some more interesting things too. I found his comments about oil and gas kind of interesting uh so let's listen to that now let me see if i can share that all right here we governments go. should get out of the way of albertans actually innovating and creating that better future <laughs> governments should get out of the way so is that a punchline was he joking wow <laughs> i mean it's he's look here he is. He's in he's Alberta. He's, he's Alberta. He's trying to pander. He's trying to connect with Albertans who think government should get out of the way 
by telling them what they want to hear, uh, but ignoring the fact that he is the government that is in our way. I mean, he's, you know, th this government is not a big fan of us wanting to ship our oil, export our oil out. And um, he's imposing Shutting tax down the power policies, grid, punishing. Closing down coal power right. plants. We're, so we're let, getting... let's, let's hear what he has to say about this. That they can work and build and deliver. If you can build a pipeline for, for, for oil sands oil, you can build a pipeline for hydrogen. If you can you know, build the, the, the technology necessary for an oil sands refinery, you can build the technology necessary for hydrogen's plant. These are things that Albertans will have great jobs in in the future if the Alberta government let, gets out of its ideologically opposition to doing things that are good for. Okay, so. Oh boy. So oh boy. Let, let's, I'm boiling. Let's dissect this a little bit, okay? How is government getting in the way? If someone wants to build a hydrogen plant or a hydrogen pipeline, how is the government stopping them? Uh, what he really means here is that the government isn't isn't taking money from you and I and redistributing it to oil companies to build uh, hydrogen plants and build pipelines. And, you know, so, so his idea is to have government uh, impose its will on people to move us towards these things. And he is framing it. I, I mean, and this is something, a trick that the liberals, progressives, the left do all the time. They talk about all the subsidies that oil and gas get. And they do get some, but if you look at it, the lion's share of what they call subsidies is actually just a tax break. It's just they pay lower taxes than than equivalent businesses or corporations or individuals. And that is what they consider a subsidy. Now, that's a very loose term for subsidy. To me, a subsidy is a redistribution. It's taking money from me and giving it to an oil company. But instead, what they're doing is just making it easier for an oil it's getting out of the is actually getting out of the way of oil and gas well now what he's saying is um <laughs> that not subsidizing and not uh imposing its will on on people is government getting in the way what it's the exact what? opposite it's like opposite world anyways what are your impressions of what he said so far i'm uh i mean a lot of this goes over my head for sure, but like what he's saying at face value kind of pisses me off. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, just like get Alberta get out of its way, getting it out of its way, and basically it just really reinforces. Now I'm now I'm like I really want to know how many fuck Trudeau stickers he saw <laughs> before he came on here and said oh, this boy. shit to the internet, man. Well, it no one knew he was coming, right? I mean, uh, this was a well, surprise he, he probably, visit. He probably can't announce that he's coming. Oh, like, no. I, I mean, I'm willing to bet if he announced, there would be. It would have been chaos. Of, it would have been bumper to bumper. Fuck Trudeau. I was actually uh, curious. Service. I was like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what is the, like the Canadian Secret Service? Like, what do we have? Like, does he have protection yeah. all the time? Obviously, but to like yeah. what extent? I wonder. Yeah, it's a section of the RCP. But here, let's continue what it's saying. Here. Workers, good for the planet, maybe not good for classic oil sands companies, except that they're also investing massively in decarbonization and renewables. This is the this is the dynamic that quite frankly Albertans are getting fooled 
by right-wing politicians on. Mm, I, I can already hear Premier Smith's response to this and the, the oil company's CEO's responses to this. And they're going to say, did Justin Trudeau just tell us that that government ideology needs to get out of the way of innovation in the oil sands? And I know that, that yes. they're going to tear their hair yes, out because absolutely. they feel that it's you that's been imposing liberal imposing ideology what? onto okay, the oil so, sands. So what have we imposed on the oil sands? You know what? The, the, we uh, we got literally dozens, Hello? if not hundreds of questions people wanted us to ask you. And a lot of people working in traditional oil and gas mm -hmm. still don't believe as much as you pound on this table, as much as you talk about the, the personal political risk that you took investing in TMX, they don't feel like you've had the industries back. They don't feel like you've had Alberta's back. And I, I don't, think, I don't think the oil industry has had the back of the oil sands workers. I don't think the industry, by dragging its heels on decarbonization uh, in some sectors, some some of the oil sands companies have been really innovative and are leading the way on that, and that that is great. And we are encouraging them, and we're investing with them, and we're supporting them in decarbonization investments. But those who are crossing their hands and saying, you know what, the world's still going to need oil for another decade or so, another few decades, it's still going to need every drop that we can produce. So why would we raise our costs right now and invest in innovation when we can just do the th same things we've been doing for decades and Make profits, And the fact that we're going to leave people with a dirty mess and no jobs because we haven't prepared for the jobs of the future. Well, that's a problem for the next generation in this community. Okay. Show me well, one dirty mess. Show me one dirty mess. Uh, well, there, there is um, there are uh, orphan wells, right, that he may be talking about. Orphan um, wells that are reclaimed by reclamation majors and like en environmental engineers. Uh, maybe I, I know the government is spending. Uh, I think they're spending some money on some wells, right? Because some companies have gone tits up. They left an orphan well, and it's just sitting there. And I wonder who made them go tits up. <laughs> right, right. Just, like yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, a couple things to comment on here, right? One is, uh, first of all, he's wearing a rolled up shirt as if he's a member of the working class somehow which i find he's pandering bit, he's worse he's, he's worse yeah. than luke bryan coming in here trying to talk about trucks and girls with big tits like I, it's... oh boy Anyways. yeah okay <laughs> uh, he he he's talking about how I, I mean the message here is that look we need government to direct technology into the future right oil sands companies aren't going to do it they're, they're not interested in future technologies. It's only the government that is. And the government knows how to pick them, uh, pick those technologies, choose them, and which ones ought to, ought to be getting funding and which ones ought to be getting punished. And that they are smarter than the market and they're smarter than entrepreneurs that actually build things. That is that is the underlying message here that Trudeau is is sending. And... Um, you know, it's it's a message that a lot of Canadians agree with, frankly, it's certainly those on the left, but also conservatives, conservatives, uh, a lot of them don't mind government directing uh, the economy. Right. They think they believe in things like tariffs and trade restrictions and um, prohibitions on certain industries and, uh, you know, supply management, dairy cartels and different things like that. Um, so. You know the the antidote to this, of course, is is markets and private property. The other thing he talks about, and he makes some interesting points, is um, you know they're going to leave messes. Okay, well that just means that um, we either need, like again, we can trace a lot of this back to government um, 
fuckery because let's say uh, you have uh, you have private land and um, you don't want an oil company drilling on your land. Or maybe an oil company comes to you and says, look, we want to drill on your land. This happened to my dad. We had an uh, oil company come and, and want to drill on our land. And he could have said no. I mean, they were offering him a certain amount of money. And if he had just turned them down, eventually they could have got uh, gone to government and gotten an order, right? This happens all the time. Yeah, they get appropriation orders and different things like that, where that resource that is underneath our farm belongs to the crown at least in their opinion it does and so that we need to get at it we you are going to let this oil company get at it at a fair market rate we'll expropriate land we'll do whatever we can to get at it so now you've got an oil <laughs> so so that informs the, the agreement you have with this oil company now in a, in a free market what would happen is you'd be like okay i've seen this story play out before i've seen what happens when these wells get orphaned and my land is fucked and you've abandoned this well here when your company goes tits up. And so what you would do is drop a contract that says, look, there needs to be a certain, you know, whatever, $5 million put in escrow in case of this contingency. And, and once you've pulled up your, your uh, rigging, you're done extracting the oil, you'll return that land to a pristine state of nature the way it was before, or you that money becomes mine and I will use it to reclaim the land um, and get rid of your shit. That's that, I, mean, I mean, it's a simple pro, but because so, so now the government has, has implemented itself into this equation. There's no obligation at all for an oil company that's expropriated your land um, that the government's expropriated your land on behalf of uh, to, you know, follow your your wishes as a property owner. And we see it all the time um, in the oil sands area where the proper property owners, I would say, are First Nations and a lot of the leases that the oil sands are developing. And they only get paid lip service, right? They, they don't get that to have a, a substantial say in how that land is developed. And if I were the property owner, I would say, look, you can develop this oil sands lease put $3 billion in, once you've put $3 billion in escrow and I have your uh, word that you'll return that to a pristine state of nature, and then I'll let you go to another block of land. And I want to make sure that I am as rich as a Saudi king while also preserving the land for my children and grandchildren so that they can hunt and fish on it like they have traditionally. I That's just think I if I were the property owner, but of I course, those kind of agreements aren't allowed to be made because the government inserts itself into the equation. I just think the level of like when he talks about like making messes or we talk about abandoned wells, like sure there's abandoned wells and sure there's leases that, but like, it's not like they're going in there for the most part, obviously there's cases, but it's not like they're going in there and they're completely disrupting the ecosystem. Like I used to work in basically a reclamation service where we built leases for Chevron and they're putting in things before they even start drilling. They're putting in like, things called like geomesh and geocell that biodegrade. So you put it, you lay it all out and then you cover it in gravel and natural soil. That's like engineered based on samples and everything. These companies are doing all that so that they cover it up with gravel. They build their lease, build their pad. And then when they're gone, they can cover everything back up with the original soil, the same type of soil. Right. And then they have tree planters come in. So I want to know the amount of like the budget that they're spending on that, as opposed to like the budget that they could be spending 
on other things like these carbon fixations that he's talking about, right? Right. Even if they're going under, like the companies that are going under, I want to know the amount of like, because now the government's on the hook for that reclamation. And I know they're doing that too. But I want to know the amount of tax money and the amount of uh, like fees and everything that they're spending on uh, that's bankrupting these companies. Like how much of that is going back into the reclamation? Because I guarantee you Chevron's doing a better job of it than the government is. And they're spending three times as much on it than the government is. So it's just like seems super hypocritical. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing he talks about in there is leaving these workers untrained for the future, right? As if, again, the government knows what kind of technologies are going to be prevalent in the future, what kind should be. And and like they, they're centrally managing the economy and the workforce and everything else. That's not how things work. Look, when when there's a demand for hydrogen, uh, I mean, people will That'd get will train on it. They'll get jobs in it. They'll you're gonna you're gonna need welders you're gonna need instrument techs you're gonna need operators you're gonna need engineers all of these are like covered with scholarships and bursaries from these big companies like dow or again chevron or shell or whoever it is right like they're all giving out bursaries so that they can hire these like educated employees in the future it's just exactly and they're switching right like they're switching to hydrogen and they are making steps that way Let's finish this off. There's just like 30 seconds left here. My job as a company, as a shareholder, is to draw profits out right now. That is what is hurting oil sands workers. And they've been they've been fooled by people who are saying, oh, no, no, the climate change is a liberal or a Chinese plot. You don't have to worry about it. Just keep doing things exactly as they were a decade ago, two decades ago. That's not preparing for the future that Albertans like all Canadians know is changing. Womp womp. All right. How do I stop that? Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) again, you know, talking about centrally managing the economy, talking about what, what would, did he say at the end there? Um, Something about what what stuck with me was something about like Albertans being stuck two decades ago worrying about emissions and that again. Well, oh, uh, he 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 made a good point about companies being you know be holding to like the annual or quarterly earnings reports and stuff like that, profits and different things like that. Um, and again, a lot of that is driven by. Uh, by government regulation, right? But in the finance sector. And certainly uh, there are some negative unintended consequences of that, but he would never look at the root causes, right? He would never look at why, why is it that, um, for example, if I own a farm, I'm not, I'm driven by profit, but I'm also thinking about the future of the land. I'm, I'm thinking about not just extracting everything I can from it this season and saying to hell with the future, I'm thinking about, I, I need to do this in a sustainable way. I need to leave some fields fallow. I need to recycle things. I need to think about uh, carbon cycles and, and nitrogen cycles. I need to think about all these things over a long term because I'm thinking about my kids and my grandkids as I put this on. So why is it that a farmer, someone who's an actual property owner, is concerned about the long-term vision and doing things in that way, not just extracting what he can right now in the moment, and why can't an oil, why isn't an oil company doing that? Well, that has a lot to do with um, how they're funded, the the um, the uh, p- 
public financing regulations uh, creating this this cycle, this loop. And, and so th there's a legitimate concern there. But what you don't do is add on regulations to deal with the negative consequences of unintended consequences of previous regulations, because that just creates a whole whack-a-mole of more unintended consequences. Well, and to that, I also, I would say, like, show me a well that was drilled by one of the big successful companies that they didn't plan on being able to make sustainable profits for in the future. Like, they're not just drilling holes, taking the oil out, and then leaving if it's going to be a dead well in three years, right? They want 10, right. 15, 20 years worth of oil out of there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and then again, it has to do also with, with the property owners, right? Are, are, is the oil, does the oil company own that land? No. Well, who does? Right. Well, either the Crown. government does right. by Crown land, in which case the government needs to be acting as judicious landowners or, uh, a, a farmer or rancher owns that land, in which case they are prohibited and restricted from what kind of covenants they can enter into with an oil company in terms of reclamation and protecting their property for uh, generations to come. So everything bad traces back to government and Trudeau wants to add more of it. Okay, let's see what our premier has to say about uh, Justice Vinnett. There's a clip here I want to show you guys. So despite this coming year's predicted global economic slowdown, I believe our province is on the cusp of an unprecedented and prolonged energy resource boom, one that will include both hundreds of billions in investment and tens of thousands of new jobs, not only in oil and gas production, but also in designing and building the most advanced emission reduction technologies on Earth. It is going to be an exciting time for our province and for Canada, especially once we finally get a federal government that acts like a strategic partner rather than a delusional adversary. <laughs> I'm fighting words. Yeah, fighting words. You know, I like hearing that from from yeah. Daniel Smith. I mean, look, I know she's she's portrayed by the media and a lot of left-wing pundits and a lot of kind of normies as a ditz or something, like a an airhead. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff she does. You know, they she just announced, for example, that she that they were proposing an Alberta income tax cut. That was one of her campaign promises. She just announced, I think, that that's going to be delayed a year. Uh, they want to start building up a, a heritage trust fund similar to what we had in the past. It's similar to Norway's oil fund, right, that allows them to, to cover things. Um, you know, we can argue the pros and cons of all that, but at least she is, um, she sounds relatively intelligent and she seems to have Alberta's best interests at heart. Um, and you know, you get the yeah. impression that she's supporting oil and gas. She's not trying to centrally plan things the way Justin Trudeau is. Um, she's, you know, so, and she's not opposed to clean technology in any sense, just that she's doesn't seem to have the, the same hard on to fund it and subsidize it that Trudeau does. Well, I will say since, well, I finished, like I did electrical engineering tech and I worked in the oil field and like that. So I would have been like 2015, 16 and all the way up through like 2020 or whenever I started getting into the R line of work it was all oil field based stuff. And I couldn't find a job for the life of me. Like it was right. everything. Like I was getting like, like a labor based work. There was no, there was no education for me in my line of work didn't matter. Right. Like I couldn't find anything. I would have to move to like the one job I did get offered. I would have had to move to like 
Abbotsford, I think it was, for like robotic cow milking, right. which I mean. And Jared, the government let you down by not teaching you how to code and not preparing you for future jobs. And now you're living in poverty because the government didn't help, didn't prepare you. And no, you had no I ability didn't. to prepare yourself. You couldn't figure out how to get a job or retrain or do something else. Right. No, I know. If only the government taught me all the problem solving skills I need to survive in life. Right. Right. <laughs> if only they had public indoctrination. Anyway. Uh, okay. Uh, Trudeau also made another announcement. One more thing on Trudeau and then, then we'll move on. All right. Here's an article. Justin Trudeau commits uh, $175 million in funding uh, for Edmonton to help build affordable housing. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced Wednesday $175 million in funding to fast track more than 5,200 new housing units in Edmonton over the next three years. We're changing the way housing gets built in this country, Trudeau said at an apartment complex a construction site in southwest Edmonton. The money is to flow through the F Federal Housing Accelerator Program and be used to eliminate barriers to get getting the homes built. Trudeau said the funds would create more housing options in the city, including more rentals, affordable apartments and housing near university and college campuses. One of the few or one of the challenges we're facing right now with this housing crisis is over the past decades, uh, the federal government of different stripes stepped back from the business of ensuring that houses were properly built right across the country in affordable ways, meeting the supply needs, meeting the growth of the country, Trudeau said. I thought I was here with him. I thought Did you, I you thought like that? I thought he was with us in, on the pod. It felt real to me. It felt authentic. Yeah. Anyways, the article goes on. Um, yeah, so they're redistributing redistributing wealth from you and I and every other taxpayer to build some affordable housing in, in a city, by the way, that has some of the most affordable housing in Canada right now, to be honest. Um, Definitely. Well, I'm I not mean, like it. I saw a clip or uh, there's a news article about guy or there's this uh, student from UBC and he had one class a week or something. And he oh, was yeah. more, it was more affordable for him to live in Calgary and fly to UBC once a week. Right. than it would be for him to live in Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. But I guess, you know, what? send us, send us tax dollars, help build some cheap housing because we need more low income housing or something. I mean, we need somewhere where these uh, poopy pants drug addicts can lay their head, right? We need well, some I property, mean, some rental property for them to destroy. They destroy it at a pretty fast clip. So we need to build it so that they can destroy we gotta it. We got to keep building more. more. Yeah, we got to <laughs> keep keep that steady flow of. Let's turn this funds. place into Just Compton. Like a, heroin, uh, <laughs> a heroin supply chain straight into the vein of Edmonton to keep it addicted to that. Like well, that. I mean, we've already got it, so now we just need to resupply, right? We just need to keep we just need to keep it coming in, right? Maybe a That's couple right. of big contracts, you know, a couple of new dealers. Exactly. See where it goes. All right, let's take a break and talk about something a little lighter. Brother, Unless... you got me worked up there, Tim. Oh man, I tell you. Yeah, we do that. Up we on do the that. Podcast. Yeah. Um, all right. Did you guys see this <laughs> this uh officer who <laughs> Uh, Officer got acorn. in a gun gunfight with an acorn. <laughs> Officer <laughs> acorn reporting for duty. This is the moment a sheriff's deputy mistook. <laughs> got a nice roll there. His vehicle. 
for gun. What is he shooting? Is what I want to know. He's, he's shooting Jesse into his Hernandez, car at his Okaloosa County Sheriff's Office in Florida. Person he fired his weapon at his own police car, where a suspect was handcuffed inside. Here's that moment again, slowed down and zoomed in. Lock this guy up and take away the gun. officer on the scene, Sergeant Beth Roberts, also began firing at the vehicle. And she just, yeah, the deputies arrested the, the individual in the SUV earlier after That's his girlfriend a friend right he had there. stolen her car Shit. and texted her threats, including a photo that appeared to show a silencer for a gun in the car. Pat him down, please. But body cam footage shows that the individual had been searched and no weapons were found before he was placed into the SUV. I might have hit my vest. The person in the car was I not physically armed. Hernandez resigned while under investigation. According to a statement from the sheriff's oh, office, yeah, that probe good. determined he violated policy, but there was no cause for criminal charges against him. It also found oh, Roberts' use of deadly force was reasonable. And my legs went numb when it hit CNN has reached out to Hernandez for comment. The sheriff yeah. says he's limited in what he can say because of possible litigation. That's but said We're actually going to use this particular case as a potential thing that we need to watch out for to make sure that we never put someone's life in jeopardy again jesus christ well That's i guess they, they can be absurd. They, they can be thankful that uh both officers were terrible shots <laughs> that hail of gunfire missed the victim in the back and uh the acorn got away unscathed as well like he's he searched him like you put him in there what do you mean <laughs> you think he has a gun <laughs> my god they they do have i mean they they get scared real easy don't they these they, they get oh. worked right up on these i mean things. don't get me wrong there's warrant to be worked on sometimes but holy shit dude yeah but one I guy. Mean, you're signing up for a job that i mean you would think you would hire level-headed people people that could could handle a little bit of stress right well you know that about first responders is we're all level-headed well yeah i mean <laughs> some of us more than other but uh i don't know maybe what we ought to do is develop a personality test for emergency services so that they uh, have it they have it i had to do one it. in i had to do one in leduc for well i had to do one too uh for different jobs but they the problem is they don't know what they're looking for right like there's no they they will say they're they're taking the the personality test to try to gather data on what personalities you know that they can use later right so yeah. you've done a personality test and it turns out you develop mental illness or or flip your lid and go postal um, maybe they can find some pattern in the personality test that would uh, be common amongst people that develop mental mental illness or whatever but uh, good grief I mean you know. this guy. He's been watching too many YouTube videos. I guess. I don't know. Uh, how do you, All right. Yeah. Speaking, I've been around guns. Even a silenced gun would not sound even yeah. close to an uh, yeah. acorn hitting yeah. the roof. Jeez. Definitely doesn't warrant a mag dump, if you ask me. But, hey, what do I know? I, I can just imagine that. Yeah. I mean, you got to resign after that, right? Like, even if you're not going to get fired. No. You couldn't show your face in the office again. No, I mean, definitely not. The kind of Best piss. Pop. Oh, man. I did my first desk pop. Yeah, just desk pop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, what was that that's off a, of the other guys? Or yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a peacock captain. You gotta let me fly. <laughs> All right, let's watch some more videos. Let's get a laugh at some other cops here. Oh, this one's hilarious. All right. Oh, 
Doesn't look bad to start, right? We got the guy running away. The guy. Oh, car's not in park. Oh, shit. Guy's looking in the car still. Puts away the A9 units coming in. Uh-oh. Oh, here comes Wrong the guy. dog. Oh, shit. <laughs> here comes the dog. Oh, that's got to hurt. Oh, yeah, now we're jumping through the ditch. Uh, yeah, these guys don't look like they're the fastest runners either. Eh? Few too many the car is still driving into oncoming traffic. Oh, rear end. Career. Oh, Career we got a guy getting out here. Yeah. Oh, oh almost not done yet. Partner. Not done yet. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What a drive. They're ramped man. right up. I mean, what did this guy do? Did he, is he a serial killer? Is he a. Oh, a disclaimer oh, all parties and defendants are presumed innocent until proven guilty in the court of oh, law. Oh boy, here comes the oh, semi. Oh no, did he just? Oh he my got god, out of there. Jesus Christ, that would have been what nasty. is going on? He's still going, like, just tackle the guy. The dog's like <laughs> running with him. He's, He's like, like, Where where am I going? Where am I going? Who should and the guy who still tackles him, man? Like you're not a hero. Oh man. There you go, dog. Bite him. Bite him. The, and now the dog gets him. Now the dog man, gets this him. Guy oh, is, that, that dog needs some work, man. This guy some, that, that dog is, is like thought free, I'm telling that's you. That's what my dog would do. <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly how my dog would respond. <laughs> Maybe let the other dog have a shot yeah. at it. It's like, dog, we got him down already. You're not helping. Yeah, this guy's, I mean, I don't know what he did, but his family's getting paid. Like, all the legal fees are covered for sure. Yeah. He's got to work on his cardio. Yeah, well, he's got better cardio than those cops, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know what their standard of training is. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a tough watch. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, there we go. There's, uh, there's another That's hilarious. moment of levity, courtesy of the Keystone Cops. Gives me a lot of faith in our uh, in our law enforcement. Yes. I mean, good news is none of that was in Canada. So there is, I think there is a little bit more stipulation here, believe it or not. But right. <laughs> that was incredible. All right. I need more. a, I need like a, I need a breakdown, you know, I need a breakdown. I want, I want Stoffer up there play, but give me the play by right. play. Yeah. Yeah. We need uh, that. Uh, what's that Aussie guy? Yeah, yeah. Aussie man reviews. Aussie man to do a play by play of it. We need the we need the Manning brothers to get up there and give us a play by play. Okay, one more story that we got to cover. And that is uh BC serial killer Robert Picton. Eligible for day parole Thursday. I feel like this guy just went to prison and he's already eligible for day parole. Is this, this which is, one's this? This is the Okay, pig Robert guy? Picton is the guy yeah. that owned a pig farm. Uh he it was charged with killing 26, claimed to kill 49. He's eligible for day parole Thursday. Supreme Court of Canada found P Picton guilty of six counts of second-degree murder after being arrested in 2002. He was sentenced to life in, po 
to life impossible with no chance of parole for 25 years, the longest sentence available, because he was already serving the maximum sentence, first degree murder charges involving 20 or 20 other women were stayed. Um, he's eligible for date parole February 22nd and for full parole in 2027. I wow. mean, I don't know if this guy should be allowed out. He had a pig farm. He fed these uh, these sex guys, workers. Sex workers to correct term his now. pigs. That's I mean, that's you got you got to think. It's crazy. There's got to be a movie being made about this at some point. Oh, for sure. I think it's this called softlands level stuff. <laughs> but the guy looks like I mean, look at him. Man, oh man, he looks like the kind of guy to feed a bunch of sex workers to his pigs and there was something too i remember about his brother being a robert robert picton's brother like what do we think what do we think this guy's gonna do when he gets out oh yeah he was convicted of sex sexual assault oh. in 92 given 30 days pool let's see what it says about oh that's david francis picton being fined a thousand dollars in thirty days probation is nuts. That's like a Red Dead Redemption punishment, right? Oh, okay. This is Robert Picton's brother, serial killer Robert Picton's brother, accused of threatening to chop up sex assault victim. So it seems to run in the family. Oh boy, yeah, let that guy out. <laughs> we yeah. gotta do a song uh we gotta make him do a song right like the sex offender shuffle yeah anyways and i i think there's some um i want to say there's some political connections too like there's some conspiracy behind it. i can't remember what it is though but anyways that was that That's... hey uh I watched uh, watched this movie the other day, The Marvels. The you, Marvels. You see this movie? Yeah, I I watch it. I'm a Marvel fan. I mean, well, it was until it was an probably a year or two. Garbage. It was the worst. It was so bad. I don't. I didn't get it at all. I mean, I think like because they're leaning into the whole like reality thing and like fourth dimension thing right and right. captain Ca captain marvel's powers are all basically like i don't know i guess celestial powers if anything i don't know it's just insane to see the the direction of the way marvel is headed it's crazy too because they're coming off like they had a dynasty team right like the right original avengers and then coming up they're still putting out good shows like uh kang or not kang uh loki oh yeah, yeah i don't know if you've watched that but that was really good really well received i was right. excited and then now i'm seeing what they're putting out like isn't there another one too madame webb oh yeah madame webb yeah that's not doing that's super Marvel's hot or... yeah it's <laughs> supposed to be absolutely it might not be yeah, I don't know. It's it, it seems like when they get, pre, you know, they kind of did the same thing with the Star Wars. Yeah, true. Too, right? It's like Disney yeah. seems to take these great franchises and turn them woke or whatever. Try to get preachy with. Yeah. Just yeah. Weird. You know, like it's like if there's a female character, she never has to struggle at all. She just because if they actually show her struggling or show her having faults. That's not strong you know then that's not very girl power of them 
Right. So, so there's like no struggle at all. They're just kicking ass and mm -hmm. doing it without trying kind of thing. And it's like, we want, we want to see the hero's journey, you know, we want to see yeah. them down at their lowest and kicked in the gut and like have to crawl the, their way back out of it and overcome adversity and spend, you know, I mean, Luke Skywalker had to go to a freaking swamp planet, <laughs> find a little green man and like do them and go into a tree and like levitate shit in a swamp and spend to get his plane out of the cardio. And like, you know, there's a training montage usually of this stuff, right? Meanwhile, uh, his Ray or whatever, this chick in the latest Star Wars, she, she could expertly wield a lightsaber and immediately force immediately um and she took out my dog's like, namesake and if you want us to get behind these characters make them have to go through some shit like make them believable and and um i don't know like a real person i mean just, uh, for, for the marvels like a political commentary aside the acting was comical like not i don't think they and, I'm sure they meant for it to be funny, but not in the way that it was received right. as funny. Like a lot of the lines, I'm like, there's no way the scriptwriters sat down, wrote that, and they're like, yeah, this is this is good. This is good. We're gonna yeah. run that. The people are gonna love it. I'm like, like there's a scene where uh, Captain Marvel is like, she's like, no, I was bad and I did a bad thing, and then everybody else is like, yeah, well, you did a bad thing. It's not the it's not the end of the world. And it's like, well, it quite literally could be the end of the world. Like, we don't have to be all supportive right now. Maybe we just go solve the problem. It's like, no, girl power. Let's go get them together as a team. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> don't worry about almost killing. Well, I mean, there's yeah. yeah. Don't worry about you know causing the downfall of the universe and maybe all of our collective demise. It's fine. We're girls. We'll fix it. Fair enough. Hey, listen. <laughs> maybe we should start doing movie reviews. We should actually. Pick a movie and a movie. take some notes and uh, present it here so that uh, people, if you guys want to hear us review a movie, drop in the comments what movie you'd like us to review or what book you'd like us to read and get our thoughts on. And uh, we'll do the watching for you so you don't have to. We'll, we'll we'll take one for the team. That's what we do as firefighters. We run into burning buildings. You send us a hot movie. That's a hot mess of a movie. We'll run into it and we'll... <laughs> Head sacrifice first. ourselves and throw ourselves on that grenade for you let you know exactly what you missed out if on. you if you send a book i mean i don't know if you picked up i'm not the quickest reader i gotta get i gotta get my you buddy get an over here. you can get an audio book i get my buddy over here he reads it for me i can't figure get out the Coles notes or something you know <laughs> so so it takes me a minute it'll probably be like two or three weeks after you send right. me a book that i gotta read Maybe just send us movies for now. <laughs> yeah, movies, TV shows, YouTube yeah. shorts, TikTok, say anything. <laughs> Amen. All right. Anything All right. else on Jared? What you got on the go? Uh, still got the still got the board in the barn in the works. We're uh oh. we're making leaps and bounds. Got a camera, working on a studio, working on somebody to click the button that goes camera one. So nice. With due time. With due time. Excellent. Well, I got nothing on the go. I have nothing. I'm running for union vice president. Hoping to make some yeah. changes. Vote for Tim. Yeah, vote for Mullen. Anyways, see you guys next week. Peace.